Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I love this time of year. You say, well, preacher, I, I don't. I, it just runs me ragged. I tell you what, I, I love this time of year. If I get tired, it's a good type of tired. Amen? But I love this time of year. And I love the time of year when we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. There seems to be an openness even in the hearts and lives of many times of the, the lost world during this time of year if you begin to talk about Jesus Christ. Now, I understand that there's so much that is materialistic that is, is put forward today and, and around the Christmas time. But yet, I believe it's what you make it. There's a lot of times that people uh, look for other, other reasons and other things. I understand that. But uh, uh, I believe that we ought to make Christmas about Christ with all my heart. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read just a few verses here. Luke chapter 2. If you would look with me in verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Look back there again at verse 11. We'll read again. It says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, The Christ of Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. Lord, we don't deserve to be able to even worship you, but you've allowed us to. We don't deserve salvation, but you've given it to us. Lord, we don't deserve your kindness, but you constantly bestow it upon us. We don't deserve mercy, but you're so merciful unto us. We don't deserve so much. Lord, today is my heart's desire, Lord, to point people to the Christ of Christmas. We get so caught up in everything else. Lord, let our hearts this year get caught up in the Christ of Christmas. Let Lord, every thought be centered upon you. And Lord, may this morning, may I magnify you. Lord, I do such a poor job of magnifying you. Help me, Holy Spirit. Would you speak to hearts? Would you frame the words from my mouth? Would you open the ears of the hearers and the hearts of all? And Lord, may our hearts be enlarged and moved when we think about the Christ of Christmas. Have your will and way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. You know, I don't know about you. I just, it, it bothers me when I hear somebody or see something where they broke Christmas and they put an X in the, in the place of the name of Christ in Christmas. When they put Xmas. And people will, will try to justify it. And I understand where they get it. A lot of people think they just put X in there, but really it comes from the Greek. It is a form of X. It's Cha, it's cha which uh, is the first letter that resembles an X in the Greek that, 
is used in, as the first letter in the word Christo. And so they do that. They put that in there to, uh, I guess, abbreviate the name of Christ in Christmas. You say, well, preacher, it's just an abbreviation. No big deal. Can I tell you that there's no abbreviation for what happened that day? There's no abbreviation for the name of the one that came that day. There's no abbreviation for why he came that day. And there's no abbreviation for what he did for you and me. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, you can, you can say all you want to. You say, well, it's not a big deal. I'm going to tell you something. He's a big deal. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is a big deal. And oh, how we need to get our hearts and minds in, in tune with that. He's not X. He's Christ the Lord, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the mighty King, God incarnate, and there is no abbreviation for Him. Can I get an amen there? Amen. I tell you what, He's good all the time. Yes. We find as Luke is, is writing here and he lays out uh, uh, so much for us. Uh, if you really look at Luke, he lays out uh, uh, the, probably the clearest presentation of the birth of Christ. If you look at the Gospels, they're all a little bit different as how they present Jesus Christ. And, and I believe the Lord did that for a, a purpose, and that is that we might know Jesus Christ in a greater way. You see, Matthew, he presented Jesus Christ as king. If you go back and you begin to see, he has the thorough lineage of Jesus Christ all the way back through David, all the way back through Abraham, and the lineage of Jesus Christ. You see, to be a king, you had to be in the lineage of the king. And so he presents that earthly lineage of Jesus Christ. And that is part of his, the way he approaches his presentation of Jesus Christ throughout the book of Matthew as the king. As the king. You find Luke or Mark, you go over into Mark and it seems as though Mark is a, a little bit silent about it, but he's not really silent. You see, Mark presents Jesus Christ as a servant, a worker who came that he might do the work and the bidding of the heavenly father. And because of a servant, there was no lineage kept a record of, of a servant in those days. And so therefore, Mark doesn't present the lineage of Jesus Christ like Matthew did. But what he does do is he presents him as the servant of God, the son of God that came to take away the sins of all mankind. You go over into the book of, uh, of Luke uh, that we're reading from here and Luke presents him in a different way. He presents him as the mighty son of God, the son, the, the, the son of man. And you see how he goes back and he speaks about Joseph and he speaks about Mary and, and he gives that portion of it and he, he deals with that and he comes down through there because he came that he might save all mankind. You go over into the book of John. Dustin, he, John didn't go there. He, he didn't even go to that lineage that, that Matthew did. He went farther. You see, uh, he didn't go back to just Abraham. He didn't just go back. Mark didn't just go back to, to, to uh, even uh, uh, Adam. Uh, he went all the way back. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He goes all the way back to heaven to present Jesus Christ as God, the very Son of God. And so we have throughout the Gospels, we have the presentation of Jesus Christ in so many different ways so that we can see and so that we can understand who He is. 
If we'd have read on down through there, and I, I may preach on this night, I'm not sure yet, but where Mary, it said that she, she pondered these things, all these things she thought on, and you and I should think on them also. The fact is, is that Jesus Christ is, is the Christ of Christmas. You see, when He came, it was a special day. A special day. Look in verse 11, it says, For unto you is born this day. He points out that it was a particular day. He said it was a special day. This day was the day when, that they had long waited for. A day that they had longed for. A, a day that they had prayed for. A day that had been promised. A promised day. And finally, it had come. It was a special day. A wonderful day. Isaiah prophesied uh, probably over 600 years before the coming of Christ. And in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 14 says, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9 and verse 6 and 7 says, For unto you, unto us is born, uh, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and the peace, there shall be no end there upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You go through the Scripture and, and not just in Isaiah, but even farther back, you'll find the prophecy of Jesus Christ coming into the world. If you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, you'll find that when, when the Lord is, is placing the curse upon the earth and, and, and removing man and, and Adam and Eve from the garden and He is, is telling uh, Satan that He'll go upon His belly and, and uh, for the rest of the time and the dust that He'll lead. And He talks about, He said, you'll bruise the, the heel of man, but, but man shall bruise the head of you. And He's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about the Christ that was going to come into the world all the way back into Genesis chapter 3. We find that He's the Christ of Christmas. It was a special day, a day that they had longed for. A day that they were excited to see and they wanted to see. The sad part is this, that there's still those that, uh, that are looking for the coming of the Messiah. But yet He's already come. He's already come. Oh yes, He's coming back again, but He's coming back for a different reason. He's coming back to catch His church out of here. The Messiah had come, it had, they had long waited and, and sought for that. And, and it, became a, it became a stumbling block to many of them. But it was done that we might have hope, that the Gentiles might have eternal life also. You see, there's never been another day like it where God Himself came and dwelt among men and, and to redeem fallen man unto Himself. Even the angels announced it as this day, a special day. His name, Emmanuel, meant God with us. It's a special day. The long-awaited Savior also had come. Look there with me in verse 11. Again, it says, For unto you is born, in this, or born this day in the city of David a Savior. Notice that this Christ of Christmas is a Savior. A Savior. Notice Savior. Not, not one of many, but because uh, there's only one way. It says a Savior. 
Today, there's people who will try to get to heaven through church membership or through baptism or, or good works or, or, or you, you go on down through the line of, of keeping, trying to keep the law, trying to keep the Ten Commandments, trying to do this, trying to do that. But there's only one way and it's through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the Christ. He is the Savior of the world. He is the one that has come. He said, this day the Savior has come is a special day. But it was a day that the Savior had come for all mankind. That means that if He didn't come, then we're sitting here without any hope. That means if He didn't come, because there's only one way of salvation, that's through Jesus Christ. That means if He didn't come, that we're on our way to a devil's hell. But my friend, he came. You see, this, this is the Christ of Christmas. Christmas is not about the gifts that we give. Christmas is about the Christ of Christmas who came for sinful man that we might be saved. Not only is he the, the Savior. I'm not much on acrostics in preaching, but I, I seen how this could come together. And, I, I, and notice this. He, he's the Christ, the Lord, but He's the chosen Christ. It says, which is Christ the Lord? He's the chosen Christ. He's the Son of God. There's no plan B. If that failed, Dustin, nothing else. You know, it sounds good. There's a song, and I'm not, going, and I'm not critical of the song, I, but, and I, and I kind of see what they're saying, but can I tell you that the song's wrong? He didn't look all over heaven for somebody to come. He was the chosen Christ. He's the Son of God. God didn't have to look all over heaven. He knew who, who would come. He knew who, the only one that could come. And He's the chosen Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, it says, For as much as you know that you... We're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and with, without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Notice that it was foreordained. Before the foundations of the world. You say, Preacher, I don't quite understand it. You mean that, that the Lord knew that, that He would send His Son into this world before He even created the world? Before the foundations of the world was even laid. Before man was even created. Before man ever sinned. Before Satan was ever removed from heaven. The foundations of the world, before the foundations or before the creation of this world, God knew He would choose His Son, the chosen Christ, the Christ of Christmas, to come into this world for you and me. That we might have eternal life through His shed blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So it took sinless blood. Uh, it says the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. Jesus is the chosen Christ of Christmas. Not only is he the chosen Christ of Christmas, but Jesus is the holy Christ of Christmas. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It doesn't matter how good you try to be, you can't be holy. Not like Christ. It doesn't matter how good you think you are. We're still an unclean thing, the Bible says. The Bible says that, that we're as filthy rags and our, and our life is undone. The Bible says that every, and, and I got to laughing the, the other morning and uh, the other day we were sitting, sitting there in the bus barn and, and uh, one of the men brought up something about, he said, well, you know, there's two type of people in the world. He said, there's good ones and there's bad ones. And I grinned real big and he said, oh, here it comes. <laughs> I said, actually, there's only one type. He said, okay, I knew it's coming. I said, the Bible says there's none good. No, not one. For all have sinned. And he finished it that way. Have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, I'm going to tell you something there. Man, it cannot be what man thinks that he is. There is a holy Christ. He is the Christ of Christmas. He is the only one that could come and die for you and me. That we could have eternal life. Man, I'll tell you what, it's good to know i got a holy Christ. He's never going to fail. He's never going to sin. He's never going to do anything wrong. Hey, listen, many times we exalt people and put people up there only to have our, our, our hearts broken when we see them fall and, and stumble and do that which they shouldn't be doing. Why do they do that, preacher? Because they're man. They're fallen man. They have a sin nature in them. But my Savior, Jesus Christ, the Christ of Christmas that came, has never sinned, never will sin. Can I tell you something that a lot of people don't realize? Somebody will argue with me about this. But he could not sin. You say, well, preacher, that don't work out right. If he couldn't sin, how could he become man? He did become man. Well, if he, if he could not sin and he was man, how could he be tempted? He was tempted. And he was man. But don't forget, he was God. But he tasted of the temptation like you and I. But he was God. You see, if he had ever been tempted and fell to that temptation, he could not have been God. Oh, we have a Savior that is a, a holy, righteous God. He's holy. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And so we have Jesus Christ, the Holy Christ of Christmas. The Christ of Christmas is sinless, perfect. Revelations 4.8 says, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about them, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Right now as we sit here, like do you... Picture this in your heart and mind as we're, as we're here this morning in heaven. Those angels and those seraphims, those holy beasts with all the, with those wings are, are flying back and forth. And, and if we could hear heaven, they'd be saying, holy, holy, 
Holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and which is to come. Talking about our Savior Jesus Christ. Do you realize what we have in the Christ of Christmas? We have a holy God that cannot fall to the levels of man, that cannot become disappointing to man. He's a holy God. Not only is this Christ of Christmas holy, but this Christ of Christmas is the Redeemer. In Titus 2, chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. He came that we might have the forgiveness of sin. He came to die in our place. He came paying for our sin debt that he didn't know. You know, we, you walk into our house and you'll see nativity scenes everywhere. And not because I told my wife that. She just loves nativity scenes. She set up, we got nativity scenes everywhere. We got all kinds of them. We've got one there that even the kids, we got two that the kids could play with. One's when they were real little and they were soft and it's set up and they could play with it. You know, stick it in their mouth and, and chew on, on, you know, a camel or something. We had another one that was a, a, a veggie tails. And they could move them around and, and stuff like that. And, and you could push this little star button up there and it had an angel that would sing and oh, it was grating on your nerves. <laughs> You don't believe, is that right, Brian? <laughs> and it, never, it, 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 it never failed. They push it and it get halfway through. They push it again and get halfway through. They push it again and get halfway through. Push it again. And finally you go over and take the batteries out of the thing. <laughs> a lot of times we'd put up a Christmas tree, uh, around the Christmas tree, we'd, we'd set up a train. Guess where baby Jesus got to ride? He got to ride in a train, amen? And all the others, and then... Hunter, he'd take army men and put them in there with Jesus and around the tree they'd go. <laughs> and we see the nativity. And we look at the nativity and we see a babe. Innocent. You know, there's something about a newborn baby. You think about the whole life before him. But on that special day, when the Son of, of God came down and was born and laid in that manger. He came not to be the object of a nativity scene. He came to pay for your sin and my sin. He came to die. To shed His blood. To redeem us. We owe a sin debt that we could not pay. He paid a sin debt he did not owe. That we could have eternal life and be with him forever. You see, it cost to everything. That word redeem means to buy back. We were with God in, in the garden, and then when man fell, we were, we were sold out into sin because of Adam's sin. 
But Jesus Christ came to buy us back, to redeem us, to be with Him for eternity. Can I tell you something? That redemption price was not cheap. That redeeming price was not a discount price. There was and is no blue light special to redeem your soul from hell. It took every drop of the precious blood of the Son of God, sinless blood, that would be poured out at that cross that day as it run down that cross and onto that ground. It seemed as though that and what a waste. You look at the blood and you see it running across the ground and, and soaking down into that ground. And yet that blood has sprung forth and brought life for you and me that we might have hope, that we might have eternal life through Jesus Christ. He's the redeeming Christ of Christmas, unlike any other could ever be. Oh, what glory He deserves. How we need to magnify this Christ of Christmas. He's the indwelling Christ in Christmas. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16, He says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? We become that temple. Just if you, if you go back into the Old Testament, you begin to read about the, about the tabernacle and you read about the temple that, that Solomon built and, and how that the Shekinah glory of God came down into that temple. Even the priest and, and Solomon him had to leave the temple because of the Shekinah glory that came down into that place and, and dwelt in that place. Can you imagine the beauty of uh, that temple, uh, uh, if you look at, 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 at the altar there, the, the golden altar and the, the incense uh, uh, tables and, and all that was there, the, 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 the laver and, and, the, and the, the, the brass sea that was there and, and everything that was laid out and, and, the, and go into the Holy of Holies and see the, the Ark of the Covenant there as it's there where the sacrifice of the blood was poured out upon that, that Ark for you and me or for the, for the sins of the people at that time. A beautiful place. The cherubims, their wings touching one another over the top, made of gold. The palm trees that was fashioned in the carvings covered with gold. The reflection of the light of the candles that burn continually. The Shekinah glory came down and dwelt there. But now we have the indwelling of God. We're at preacher right here. For those who have received Jesus Christ as their Savior, we are the temple of God. He comes to indwell within us. I think how could this temple compare to the temple that Solomon made? And Jesus says it's a much more beautiful temple as He dwells within us. The Christ of Christmas. You know, I think about Christmas time and spending time with family and everybody coming home and enjoying being together. But then I get to thinking about the indwelling of Christ, the Christ of Christmas. 
It's not just once a year. It's not just once a month. Not just on Sunday. Not just on Wednesday. But oh, if you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, oh, there's an indwelling all the time. The Christ of Christmas, the indwelling Christ that dwells within our hearts and lives, that we might know him, that he might direct us, that he might guide us and, 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 and lead us the direction that he wants us to go. Oh, what a Christmas gift, you might say. That which dwells within us will never leave us or forsake us. He doesn't live on the outside. He lives on the inside. The Christ of Christmas is the sacrificial Christ. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You go back and you back up to Romans chapter 8 and or Romans chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. Say, preacher, what does it mean? Why did this Christ of Christmas come? Why was He born? For you and for me. Preacher, why did He live here among man? He come all the way from heaven. Why did He live here? For you. And for me. Why did he teach and preach? For you. And for me. Why, why did he perform all these miracles? For you. And for me. Well preacher. Why did he pray? For you. And for me. Preacher why did he die? For you. And for me. Preacher, why do you rise from the grave? For you and for me. Why is he coming back? For you and for me. He did it all for you and me. This Christ of Christmas was the greatest gift that was ever given, and is given. For you and for me. He's the triumphant Christ in Christmas. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57 he says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, for us to be victorious through Him, he had to be victorious over death, over hell, over sin, over the grave. And he was. You see, the conception wasn't the end. As the Holy Ghost came down and Mary conceived of this holy seed of God, it wasn't the end. The birth in the manger, the coming of the shepherds, the announcement of the angels, it wasn't the end. His earthly ministry, 
as he walked this, this land and as he taught, wasn't the end. The death on the cross wasn't the end. The borrowed tomb that was sealed, secured with a watch wasn't the end. The moment that you got saved and the moment that I got saved and received this Christ of Christmas into our hearts and lives, it wasn't the end. But in your life and my life is really the beginning. The Christ of Christmas. Come to dwell among us. To save fallen man. You see, he's the triumphant Savior. He's not dead. He's not even sick this morning. Can I tell you that? Hey, Brother Dale, he's not even coughing. <laughs> He's not sick. You say, how do you know, preacher? Talk to him while ago. <laughs> He's not worried about COVID, Omicron, Delta variant, and the 45 others that's going to follow. He's triumphant. He's a triumphant Christ. He's alive. He's coming back to triumph over all His creation and take us to be with Him throughout all eternity. See, Jesus Christ, He's the Christ of Christmas. And oh, how we need to worship and to magnify Him. I, I, I just, I, I cannot fathom in my mind what it was like that night as those shepherds in that field as the, the angels stepped out of heaven. Can you imagine? That'd be enough to scare the daylights out of you. You look up and here's this man, this angel robed in white and you're looking up and he's looking down. And he begins to make this announcement to you. And of course he tells you, fear not, they was afraid. That would have been enough. But oh, I'll tell you what, that heavenly choir stepped out from behind that curtain and they began to sing. And they began to glorify God. Brother Randy, can you imagine what it's going to be like when we get to heaven? Whew. My voice will even sound good there. <laughs> Yours too, Sean. <laughs> But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to squeak it out while I can now. Amen. And I'm going to sing for this Christ of Christmas. The Bible says make a joyful noise. And oh, he's coming again. I could go on. He's the merciful Christ of Christmas. His mercy was so great toward you and me. He's the amazing Christ of Christmas 
Oh, He is amazing beyond compare. He's the saving Christ that goes out even after the, the one that has went astray, leaving the 99 and going after the one because He cares for each of us individually. Who is this one that they call Christ? He is the Christ of Christmas. And no X, no abbreviation can ever replace Him. There's none like Him. He is a glorious God. Oh, I love to see the decorations. I love to see. I, 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 just, love, I just love it. But boy, when I get to thinking about it, I think that's trash compared to Him. Oh, I see those bright lights. Well, you see, I, we put up this out here. I like it. But oh, I'll tell you what, there's a light that's shining so bright. His name's Jesus. He's the Christ of Christmas. Oh, let us worship Him. Let this be a time of worship. I'm not talking about just today. I'm talking about every day. I'm talking about Christmas Day. I'm talking about leading up to Christmas. I'm talking about every day. Because we have the Christ of Christmas. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus is the unspeakable gift of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this Christ in Christmas. And Lord, I pray that we would have a greater understanding and begin to look at what Christmas is. We thank you. May we worship you. Lord, there may be somebody here today that has never received that Christ of Christmas. They've never received you as their Savior. The, reason, the whole reason you come, they've never, never received you. Lord, may they not reject the gift of God. But maybe this morning, Lord, I pray that they'll come during the invitation and that they'll receive the greatest gift ever given the Christ of Christmas. Lord, I pray that every Christian here, that we would renew our hearts to worship you, to magnify you, and to thank you for the awesome Christ in Christmas. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning?